0: Good morning, my name is Phil Nelson, I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, Welcome, and uh, as we start the teaching from the Word of God in our Healthy Living series that it's going to go probably up to Easter, maybe a little bit after, um, this is our last Sunday of the Healthy Spirituality uh, section. Thank you, Elijah. And um, I just want to let you know I need you not only to pray for me, I need you to participate. It's okay to nod. It's okay to take notes. By the way, there are sermon notes. was handed to you with your welcome card. Uh, They're blank this week because I want you to do the work. I don't want to do the work for you. So, uh, wow, you guys are not awake this morning. So I I just, I I need you to let me know you're here, okay? Sound good? All right. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you all know this. Some of you have experienced it, but we have a... Major problem in the United States. Major, major problem. I wouldn't have you shout it out because I think we'd have about 30 answers, 30 different answers. But one of the major problems that I want to focus on today is identity theft. What in our church? Identity theft? Yeah, identity theft. It's a major problem. Approximately 15 million Americans have their identity stolen a year. And the loss, the financial loss that it accumulates in this identity theft every year is $50 billion. You see, the issue, if you've experienced it or know someone who has gone through identity theft, this causes such chaos, such confusion in our world and in our society that when one's identity is stolen, it complicates things so much, and there's so many steps to get it taken care of, restored and reconciled, that you pretty much have to just start all over in your life with your identity. But there's an even much bigger problem going on in this world than just our identity theft. And it's this. Millions, if not more, of people walking in this world today They fight to find their spiritual, true identity. And it's being distorted. I don't know if you know this. Your identity in Christ and who God made you is absolutely being distorted. It's being confused. And it's even being stolen by both unbelievers and Christians who proclaim to follow Christ. It is happening even now in this world room. Millions of people, young and old, are walking around profoundly confused about who they are. And here's the thing, is they're seeking for their true identity. They're seeking for truth. All of you are seeking for truth about who you really are. But so many millions of Americans and a million, millions and millions of people on this earth are searching for their true identity all in the wrong places. And I saw this quote this week, and it just opened my eyes to what is going on in our world, in our, true, in our search for our true spiritual identity. Listen to this. It says, if you're searching for who you are, and you don't know who you are, how do you know when you find you? Let me say that again, since some of you are looking at me very confused. If you are searching for who you are, but you don't know who you are, then how will you know when you find you? So when you're searching your true identity in who you were made and designed to be and how you were created to function, but you don't know who you are and how you're made to function, then how do you know when you find who you're supposed to be? And as we've gone through the last five weeks of healthy spirituality, we know that the Word of God is true and can be trusted. And we know that we have to build our life on the foundation of Jesus Christ, His Word, and His Holy Spirit. We also know that we have to align ourselves in relationship, moment by moment, day by day, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have to allow the Holy Spirit to be activated in our life. And we have to allow the Spirit to fill us. That's the truth about our true identity yet we're often finding ourselves every day seeking our identity somewhere else than the Word of God. Yeah. And so I want to pray for us this morning. So would everyone bow their heads, everyone close their eyes, push distractions away if at all possible. And I'm going to pray over that scripture that, just, that Sherry just read. And I want you, you know, we've been talking about inviting postures of the heart, inviting God to move in our lives, and we just, we've been uh, putting our hands out in front of us, palms up. Would you do that this morning? No one's looking at you. No one's, no one's looking around. And I'm just going to ask you to invite God to speak to you, to open your eyes to who he says you are, who he says you are. The word of God says, let the truth of God set you free. That is the only thing that will ever set you free from the lies of this world, from the lies of the devil himself. For us to understand our true identity. Eyes are going to be open today. Hearts are going to be open today. I declare in faith in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. I thank you, Father, that we are no longer strangers, but we are fellow citizens and members of your family family God through Jesus Christ we are built on the foundation of Christ our Lord who is our cornerstone and we are being built together as a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit so sweet Holy Spirit would you come and have your way teach us open our eyes and strip away every every distraction in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord amen So we're going to get as basic as we can get right now. We're going to talk about identity. Our identity as God has made you and as God says you are. Here's the basics of identity. If you're taking notes, I'd encourage you to write this down. Your identity is this. Your identity is the story that you tell yourself and others when asked, who are you? That's your identity in a nutshell. Again, your identity is the story that you tell yourself and others when asked, who are you? Most of us just say, well, I'm Phil. Let's put your name there. But that's, that's not all you are. That's your name. But that's not who you are. It's the story that you tell others about who you are. Now, I'm going to complicate it a little bit more. The story that you tell yourself about who you are is impacted by the voices you listen to and what you choose to believe about who you are. What you believe you are, you will tell people you are. What you think you are, you will believe what you are. And then you tell that story. Are you following me? Okay, good. So based On the story you tell others when asked who are you, and the story that you tell is impacted by the voices you listen to and what you choose to believe in, then the quality of that story you tell will dictate the quality of your life. Many of you here are not satisfied with the quality of your life right now. I've been there. I've been in the pit of despair Believe me, in college, every day I was crying out for the Lord because I was stuck in an addiction. I was stuck in darkness, and I I kept forgetting who I was because I was believing the voices from others and the lies that come from the pit of hell. And many of you are in a wrestling match right now in who defining who you are. And I just want to let you know that how you define who you are will determine and dictate the quality of life you live. Oh, but I want to live an ultra-spiritual life. I want to live in God's blessings. Well, you have to believe it first. You have to speak it. You have to walk in it. But here's the reality, church, is most of us right in here, we don't know who we are. And if we don't know what the Bible says we are, How are we going to know when we find who we are in God? Are you with me? Just think about something you have thought or heard in the past. Just think about it. Think one thought that has not been truth. And you, you probably have believed it so long that you think it's truth. Think about one thing that was spoken over to you as a child or in school. Teens, listen up. This is so important because you are bombarded with pressures at school and voices even from your own teacher and classmates telling you who you are that you're not. Just think about it. And what have you chosen to believe? Many of you have heard in your life and believe that you are a damaged good. You're damaged goods. You're ugly. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not spiritual enough. You will never be happy. You're not worth my time for that. You will never amount to much. I heard that. You will never make it. I've heard that. You're an addict, and you will never be able to shake your addiction. You always fail no matter how hard you try. So would you just give up? You're going to end up just like the parent that you never wanted to be. And no one will ever truly accept you and love you. And you'll never be understood. Those are lies. That is not who you are. And until we wake up, And start throwing those lies away we're not going to live the quality of life that Christ came and died for us to live can I get an amen is anyone out here thank you the war is on for our spiritual identity that's our point number one the war is on for our spiritual identity do you realize do you realize that there is a real battle going on right now that's even more real than the chairs you're sitting in. There is a real battle, and that battle is solely about your spiritual identity. Because if Satan, who is a real enemy, if Satan can keep you from understanding your identity, he can defeat you, and he can win. We need to understand that the battle is on 1 Peter 5, 7 through 8 says this, Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking you to devour. If that doesn't wake you up, make the hairs on your back stand up, I don't know what will. And then it goes on to tell us what to do. In our own identity, John 10 verses 10 through 11 says, "The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy." Let's read that together. Ready? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That is our enemy. That's the that's the enemy who, while we're sleeping, is working overtime to get in our mind, to weaken our flesh. So that we listen to the voices around us that is not of God. And last week, guys, if you weren't here to hear Pastor Daniel preach, I swear that the platform crumbled underneath him. He was preaching the God, God's Word with power and truth and conviction. If you weren't here, please download it on your new phone app or on our website and get that and let it transform the way that you pray. So we discovered last week. That Satan absolutely hates it when we pray. Why? It's Because when we pray, we know our identity. When we pray, we're aligning ourselves with what God says we are. When we pray, we're showing that we're building our relationship upon the foundation of the cross, which, by the way, guys, defeated Satan. When Jesus died on the cross, he took the power of sin, and he was buried in the grave. Do you even know that Jesus went to hell for us? He went to hell for us to steal the keys of hell, sin, and the grave for you. And he was risen from the grave. Satan trembles and knows that he's defeated. Amen. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) Someone's having church this morning. Satan is defeated. He is a loser. He is, and we need to remind him that by standing in our identity. Jesus defeated Satan at the cross, and if we have Jesus Christ in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, raised him from the dead, Satan has no authority over you. Thank you. Bill, they're going to wake up before I'm done. I promise. I promise. Listen, 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 listen. If you discover, if every one of you discovers your true identity in Christ through your Savior Jesus Christ, Satan knows that he will never, ever be able to steal your identity or your joy. He will never be able to. He knows that. That's why the war is on. That's why he's after you overtime, day and night. And we have to understand, yet, there's a war. But we're on the winning team if we have Jesus. We don't have to fear, but we have to stand in our identity. And we have a bunch of churches across this world that are praising and worshiping Jesus, and they leave the battle, they leave onto the battlefield, they leave the church building, and then they get plummeted and attacked by all these darts and all these lies. It's because they forgot who they were. So today my prayer is that as we go forth to find our birthright, our birth certificate, and our fingerprint, that we are going to find spiritual freedom. I pray that every single person here, sitting in here, hearing my voice online, will understand who we truly are, listening, listening only to the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. And guys, this excites me as a pastor. We're going to take back today. We're going to take back what the devil has been stealing way too long. We're going to take it back. So healthy spiritual 101, this is it. Write it down. Healthy living in the way that God designed it is all about, what's that word? Listen, what? What? Okay, good. And believing in who God says you are. Spiritual health. 101. You want healthy spirituality? Start listening to the voice of God through his word, through his Holy Spirit, and through other people who have the Holy Spirit residing in them. Listen to them and believe it. Who God says you are. Not just that. Who God says you are. Whose you are. Because you're you're somebody's. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You're going to serve one and hate the other. You're somebody. Someone owns you. And it's either the world or it's the kingdom of heaven. Someone needs to hear that. It's becoming a Christian is not just dying to yourself to submit to a higher authority. You're dying to the world, and you're submitting to the world. Whether you like it or not, if you're not submitting to Christ, you are living for the world. The world has you bound. I want to be kingdom bound, not worldly bound. So now, in order to understand our true identity, we need to go back to our birth certificate. You all brought your spiritual birth certificate this morning? Obviously, you didn't get the memo. It's right here. Okay? Nobody, 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 say nobody, can steal your physical, earthly identity without getting a hold of your birth date, your date of birth. No one. If they don't have your date of birth and social security that is linked to your birth, they cannot steal your identity. And Satan knows as if, he, if he can't get your understanding of your birth, then he's got you. Or, or excuse me, if he can't get you to understand that you're not of God, that you're of the world, and he can start to distort who you are in God, he's going to get you, and he's going to steal your identity. Your identity cannot be stolen if you have your birth date. So many of us have forgotten our birth. We have forgotten our birth. Your birth certificate, what does it tell you? It tells you your name, right? And your name is usually what people call you, right? They know you by your name. Ida, Jerry, Mike, Vera. That's your name. That's part of who you are. And on your birth certificate, there's also when you were born where you were born, and who you belong to. Because when we left the hospital with Joseph, no one else could take him. Because on that birth certificate, it had my name, and it had Lauren's name. And he belongs to us. And no one, they can try, (laughs) they're not going to take him from us. Over my dead body. (laughs) And all the daddies said amen. Your birth defines you. Your birth defines you. And here's the thing. How you define yourself is how you will eventually function. Come on. How you define yourself is how you will eventually function. So your birth is supposed to define you. Right? But so often we skip over our birth and define us by something else. For instance, take these myths that we hear almost every day in our society that tells us and confuses us and distorts who we are. And if we believe a lie, then we're going to be functioning and living a lie. Come on. Myth number one, you are defined by how you feel. Well, I don't, I don't feel like I, I'm, I'm worth anything. I feel unloved. I feel like no one accepts me. I feel like a failure. You're not defined by that. And just see if some of these myths have been identities that you have believed and defined your life. Number two, you're defined by what you do. Man, that's a lot of pressure. Because if you don't succeed and if you get laid off, I'm sorry, you're a loser. You might as well give up. You can't do it. You're unemployed. That means you don't have what it takes. You're defined by what you look like. Ladies, I know this hits home. Because I got one at home. I am sorry to burst your bubble, but with our media and something called Photoshop, there is no way that you could possibly measure up and look like that crap. There's no way. There's no way. So stop defining yourself by how you look or how all your other friends look on Facebook. You're defined by who you know. Oh, if only they'll accept me. If only she would love me. Then I would fit in. If only, kids, my teacher would affirm me in front of the class. If only this group of kids, who I know are no good, but they're popular, would accept me. Then maybe I'll fit in. I'm speaking to somebody. (laughs) You're defined by what you've done. Oh... If you have an addiction, sorry, you're screwed up. Lust, abortion, sex before marriage, I'm sorry, you've messed up. You are screwed up. You're not going to make it. Too many times, sorry, strike one, strike two, strike three, you're out. Our society defines us that way. How do I know? Well, people don't come to Christ because they don't think they're good enough. That's how I know. And here's a couple others that I just added this morning. You're defined by what others say you are. Hello, Facebook. There's so much crap on Facebook. I've said crap twice, I know. You are defined by your circumstances. Lost your job can't pay the bills, can't provide for your family, loser. You laugh, you grin, but it's true. And now do you see why our society is so screwed up? Do you see why we're so lost and hopeless and addicted to everything that we can get our hands on? Because we need some sort of gratification, some pleasure to get us through the pain that we stink and are screwed up. We need to go back to our birth. We need to go back to who we are. We need to step away from the lies, and we need to remember who we are. We need to remember whose we are. 1 John 5.1 gives us some truth. It says this, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ, has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of God. Do you hear that? Everyone who believes that Jesus Christ is Lord and came and died for you is born of God. Jesus said in the Gospels to this this priest or or this highly official in, in the judicious system, He said this, he says, Nicodemus, you can't get to the kingdom of heaven by doing all your priestly duties and being a pastor and being a churchgoer. You must be born again. And Nicodemus says, well, you can't can't put me back in my mother's womb. And Jesus says, I know I'm not talking about that physical birth. I'm talking about a restoration. A regeneration of our spirits. That's what salvation is all about. The dead man, the dead woman inside is no more because of Jesus and what he has done to forgive us and to save us. Your birth has defined you. If you're not in Christ, your birth is in sin and it has defined you. Want relief? Want hope again? Want life again? Trust in the name of Jesus. Receive his life giving love and be transformed from death to life, from the old to the new creation. Speaking to somebody, you see, the devil is a liar, he's the father of lies, the Bi- Bible says, and his deception is keeping so many of you. Are you listening? His deception is keeping so many of you. from understanding who you are and rebelling against God, which is a result of death. So here, I want to leave you with a scripture. I don't have it on the screen for a reason. I don't want to go into it. Romans 1. Write it down. Romans 1, verses 20 to 25. And it explains to us, church, the essence of our rebellion. Rebellion against God, which results in our identity theft. is because we decided to worship creation rather than the creator. We decided to find our identity in the things of the world rather than, rather than the things of God. Now I'm going to speak even more truth. Ultimately, hear me, ultimately you will define yourself. And how you define yourself is how you will begin to think. How you begin to think is how you will begin to feel. Listen to music that has a negative tone, negative stuff to it, and you walk away more moody and angry. What goes in comes out. And what you think is what you start to believe and what you start to believe. You start to speak. Do you realize that there is probably no more powerful thing than the tongue of what you speak? Because what you speak, you start to live out. How you speak, you start to act. Don't believe me. Just think about how you've been acting this week and link it back to something that you have believed about yourself. I want you to hear my heart on this. I'm going to step on some toes. But this is our identity, and this is what the Bible says. The devil brings confusion about who you are by measuring who you are by some other standard than God's word. And what we have today in America, I love our great country. I I love our great country. I would not want to live anywhere else. However, what we have in our country are laws that make it convenient to forget your birth and to go to other sources of identification. Are you hearing me? And when you make it okay, when you make it publicly acceptable and even legal to skip your birth in order to satisfy your feelings, satisfy your preferences, you are a confused person in a confused world. The devil wants to steal the life that Jesus came and died to give you. He wants to confuse your birth. And you can see that in Romans 1. And so where we find our identity cannot be more crucial of a matter, church. And Satan knows that. One of my favorite pastors is Reverend Tony Evans. He says this, if you define yourself wrong, you will function wrongly. If you define yourself right, you will be on the right track to functioning properly as designed by the Creator. So I ask you this, what voice will you listen to to understand your spiritual birth, which will ultimately define you, which will then impact how you live your life. What voices will you listen to? So we must go back to our birth, right here. Go back to our birth certificate in order to properly read and interpret our spiritual fingerprint. If they don't have your birth certificate, what do they do? They check your fingerprint. What is your fingerprint? Well, your fingerprint is made up of many, many different, very small, unique parts that when put together, they create this unique you. Creates who you are. And so through our birth certificate and through the word of God, we can come to understand who we are and whose we are. And so what we're going to do, instead of me just continue to preach at you, we're going to open our word. If you have a Bible, it's in the flap in front of you. If not, you have your new phone app, and you can get the You version on there. If not, you can look up at the screen. Ephesians 1, we're going to let the word of God, our birth certificate, tell us what our fingerprint is. And we're doing this on purpose because I want you to get in the habit Of finding your true identity in this. If this can't be trusted, nothing can be trusted. And so let's read it together, and I want you to visualize your identity and who you are by in your mind underlining each identity. Here we go. Blessed. Blessed be the God and Father. Who is God, our Father? And our Lord, Jesus Christ, he has, what's that word? Blessed us. He's blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's what you have. That's what you have. Even as he's chosen us, you're chosen in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless identity before him in love he predestined us he chose us for adoption identity to himself as sons and daughters through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has blessed us in the beloved in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom In all insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to the purpose which he set forth in Christ. Anyone getting this? As a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him. We're united in him. In him we've obtained an inheritance. You have a birth certificate having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory in him, Jesus Christ. You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is our guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. I need some water. Some of you are getting it. Some of you are starting. This is what the Word of God tells us, church, that you lack nothing spiritually. Whatever you are facing right now, you have everything given to you to conquer that and walk through the other side of the storm better than when you came in. That's the Word of God. He loves you. Because he chose you. You're chosen. I love Valentine's Day because I get a Valentine's card letting me know that she chose me and she won't let me forget it. We are holy and blameless and perfect without any flaws. Why? Because God can only dwell in holy and blameless temples. Hello? That's why he made us holy and blameless. We are his children. We are his He will never abandon us. Thank you. I was kind of saying that figuratively. I I guess I do need some water. Because of Jesus' blood, you are forgiven. Your track record, your criminal record is erased. Do you believe that? You're redeemed. Do you know what redemption means? It means this. Somebody paid the price. For your sin. Someone paid your bill that you will never have to pay again. And that person, that someone is Jesus Christ. He has given us all things and we are sealed as his own. We are set apart for what? For his heavenly purposes. So there's a lot said right now. So, so let's just get to the the gist of what really matters when you get up and you leave today. Do you know the most incredible, the most miraculous thing that can happen to you today? I'm going to say it again because some didn't hear me the first time. The most incredible, miraculous thing that can happen to you today is that you walk out of these doors knowing and believing in your heart That you are God's child, that you are loved, that you are chosen, that you are bought with a price and you are forgiven and set free to live out the life that Christ gave you. And then when you start to live it out, that's life change. And here at ECC, we've adopted this phrase to sum up the vision that we have prayed over and that we seek every week for this church is this, we want to be a place where real people find real hope in Jesus and experience real change which ignites revival. Since some of you didn't get it, we want to be a place where real people can come and experience real hope and find real life change which ignites revival. Amen. And that's why we're going to have baptisms next Sunday. So if you hear my voice and you haven't been baptized, that means you haven't proclaimed to everybody else that your identity is in Jesus. So you are, you are, man, you're a fresh target to the enemy because you haven't taken that step of obedience to define who you are. So I want to talk to you right after the service about baptism. And we're going to have a celebration of your identity next Sunday. You don't want to miss it. So listen in order for you to live the life that God has designed, listen, 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 I know we're running out of time, you need to choose to believe it. You need to choose to receive it. You need to choose to speak it. And you need to choose to live it. So why aren't we seeing that more and more and more and more? All all I can tell you is what I know for me personally. Is so often I don't see it in my life because I forget who I am. And I have a 222 group every week to remind me of who I am. You've forgotten who you are, church. You know what the Bible says about that? The Bible says when you hear the word of God in James 1, you hear the word of God and you hear it, and you don't obey it, and you don't live it out. You're just like a person who stands right in front of a mirror And two seconds later, you walk away and you forget what you look like. That's what we're doing to ourselves when we forget who we are in Christ. Guys, can I plead to you? Here's your mirror. Don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. There is a war out for your identity. Don't forget who you are. And as the worship team comes on up, I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to speak truth over you and I'm going to have you stand up. So let's just stand up right now. You're going to see on the screen, I'm going to read what the world and the lies say you are. And in the white box, you're going to speak with truth, with strength, with freedom, with everything you have. You're going to speak it and let it go down. But don't just speak it, church. Believe it and start living of who you are. This is So crucial for us as followers of Christ to remember who we are. And we're going to, as we do this, we're going to rise up and we're going to take back the identity that was stolen from us. Let's do this. You are not damaged goods. And what we say together is right in Christ, I am a new creation. You, you are not unwanted. Unwanted. I, come on, you are not condemned in Christ, believe it, receive it, and speak it. You are no longer chained up and enslaved to sin because of God's, come on, you are, you are not defeated, I am an overcomer. You are not weak. You're not a failure. I can do. Come on. Christ who gives me strength. You are not drowning in anxiety and worry anymore. I have been given everything for life and godliness. Come on. You are not a statistic. I. Someone's believing it. Someone's believing it. You are not a nobody. I. Come on, come on. You are not an addict. You are not a slave to whatever has you bound. I am victorious through the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? That's who you are. You are not a waste. You are not confused. You are not hopeless. Come on, shout it. I am his. I am more than conqueror let's say this together nothing can ever separate me from the love of christ not death not life not angels nor demons not rulers not things present not things to come not powers no height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate me from the love of christ